RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. The Trek Files, Season 3, Episode 5, Peace of Mind Story Draft, January 17th, 1990. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. All right, Star Trek fans, all you background fans, all you canonistas, I say that with love, and yes, of course, all you Trekophiles with an F. We've got a special show today, really special guest we're going to stab at the heart of an awful lot of Star Trek history starting today. <laughs> and with a fun one. Everybody remembers Menage Troy. Of course you do. It was a really fun episode. You have no idea how it began. And you have no idea about the man that helped bring it to us. We're going to start that saga today. So come right back. I'll be introducing him as our special guest. But for right now, as always, find our documents at the Trek Files on Facebook and follow along. Back on Beta Z, Riker and Troy are recalling the time they spent together here. Even though their relationship has changed over the years, being back in this setting is stirring old feelings, and there's a moment when Riker impulsively leans over and gives Gianna a kiss. She's enjoying it, but the moment is interrupted by a loud voice. You never could keep your hands off her, could you? It's Loxana Troy, trudging up the trail that leads from the forest. Her remarks are meant as a lighthearted commentary on Riker's advances, but Deanna's annoyed at her mother's interruption here in the middle of nowhere. All right, Trekophiles, we're back. And uh, yes, we all lovingly remember Menage Troy. <laughs> but what's the entree that this is an actual, what you're seeing this week in our document section is what happens often. Notice that the story outline here is not named Menage Troy. It's got a completely different name, Peace of Mind. And as you read through it, you'll see there are a lot of pieces that are not quite what you saw aired. That's normal evolution for an episode. Every episode takes different twists and turns, and uh, it's great to step back and look at that process. And, and, and having someone that has gone through that process to share it with us is always a treat. And brothers and sisters, I have a treat for today because aside from being the author of this document, I've got one of those, one of those Forrest Gumps of Star Trek <laughs> that are just there, all different amazing points in the, in the franchise history, who was a first-person witness in some quirky ways and some very important ways. All this is to say that our guest today is a uh, longtime writer, former publicist, one-time publicist, including uh, the animated series and Gene Roddenberry's Quester Tapes, um, Fred Bronson. Fred, it is so great to have you on the show today. I can't wait to just get started and let the words come out of your mouth. Oh, I hope I have some words in there, Larry. <laughs> I know you have some words because we've already been sharing them. Yeah. It's, but I, I, we, I, let's, get, let's focus in here because I want to spend as much time letting you talk as possible. I know, audience, you're, you're, <laughs> that'll be amazing, right? No. Um, so let's talk about the origin of this story. You actually have two credits on The Next Generation from right. that era of things, although you were around Star Trek way before with the animated, so you have an animated episode. Yes. Hopefully we'll get to that on another episode. But okay, good. for right now, let's look at The Next Generation. You partnered with Susan Sackett, who was Gene's longtime assistant. Right, and actually... Uh 
we both pitched separately before we teamed up. So oh. I, I waited in season one and pitched to Bob Lewin, who was one of the mm-hmm. producers of season one. And uh, just to touch on that very briefly, I had a story about, uh, I called it The Mnemonic Enemy, a title which I still love and might use one day. Uh, and it opens with the women on the bridge, and they have no memory of the men ever being on the Enterprise. The men have been kidnapped for breeding stock, and oh. the women's memories erased. So, and it's a twist on the normal. Let's kidnap the women. Yeah, exactly. Mars needs women thing. Yeah. And I went in and pitched that to Bob Lou, and he said, "Well, you know, we have a gender story, <laughs> and right. I like yours better, and I'm going to fight for yours." Oh, he lost because mm-hmm. Angel One was that other story, and they they. Although it wasn't the same story, they felt they couldn't do both, right. which makes sense. Right. So they lost, but I didn't give up. Susan, meanwhile, pitched her own story, and it didn't. Nothing happened. So we were friends. I actually met her years before, and yes, yes I I helped get her the job with Jean. That's a whole long story <laughs> that she should tell you, but it did result in her being hired. On Jean's birthday was also her first day working oh, okay. for Jean. So we used to celebrate that day for Jean's birthday and Susan's. And her first day working for Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we decided to team up. And we came up with a whole different story. Not not mm-hmm. what you just read as peace of mind, eventually menage a Troy. We had a story that's going to sound cliched now when I tell it to you. But I promise you when we pitched it. It had never been done before. All right. And we pitched it to Gene, who was not taking pitches, but since it was Susan. He had a special relationship there. Yes. He said, pitch to me and we'll see where it goes. Very briefly, the story was a Starfleet historian from the future comes back and accidentally causes the death of Picard. We resolved that with a time loop at the end. Okay. That sounds like a million other stories now. Right. But back then, I promise you. This it, is second season? Second season. Okay. They Rick Berman didn't want to do any time travel stories, which is odd since he wrote <laughs> about the man from the future. Right. right. Rasmussen. Right. But that was later. A matter of A little time. bit later. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, we pitched to Gene. He said, you've got the go-ahead to write the story. We wrote the story and got paid for it. And What was uh, it called? You know, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It'll come to me. Okay. Oh, no, it'll, it's right on the tip of my right. tongue, but I'm going to find it'll it. It'll pop in when we're not here, expecting. Here, here's the tip of my tongue. See if you can find it. Okay. Uh, so uh, nobody liked it mm-hmm. and they didn't want to do it. And then Michael Piller came in season three mm-hmm. and we thought, here's our shot. Mm-hmm. Michael didn't like it. So that that never got made. So Susan and I brainstormed and we came up with 12 ideas, literally 12, right. one dozen ideas. A writer's dozen. Yes. And now, not a baker's dozen. Right. And nowadays they tell you to go in with three or four, but we went in with 12. And before we went in, we took Gene to lunch. Not that he was he was not going to be making the decision, mm-hmm. but we wanted his approval. Right. We wanted to know, what do you like? 
and we pitched. In general or reacting to your ideas? Reacting to the 12 stories. Okay. It was a long lunch. And the, it was <laughs> at the El Torito Grill in Beverly Hills, which Aww. is not there anymore. Yeah. And he, he told us what he liked and what he didn't like and what he would do and what he wouldn't do. We were just taking that as guidance, not as mm-hmm. we are selling the story because we knew right. we were going to pitch to Michael Pillar. Uh, but he liked Menage Troy, and he obviously liked the idea of a, of another looks on a right, Troy right, at that major. point. Yeah, uh, and we all felt well. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you that in a minute. So Susan and I went in to pitch to Michael and the entire writing staff. Oh, okay. all in the room. So this is Ira. Uh, uh, it wasn't Ira. Well, third season. It was third season. Hans and Ricky. So maybe it Hans was Beimler, Ricky Manning. Hans and Ricky, who yeah. we ended up working with specifically on Menage mm-hmm. Troy. And, and Melinda. Uh, Melinda Snuggins. Melinda was there in the room. Ron Moore? Young baby Ron Moore? Well, I'm thinking the bonding was early season three. Mm-hmm. I do think Ron was in the room. Okay. Because obviously he got to start with the bonding, of course. So we went... We. I don't know why, but Menage a Troy, well, it wasn't called that yet. It was Peace of Mind. Right. P-I-E-C-E. Yes. And that was our 12th pitch. Oh, really? The last one? We went through 11, and we got <laughs> no. We got, we'll never do that. We are doing that already. We had mm-hmm. 11 reasons why they didn't want our first 11 stories. Do you remember any of them? Yes. Do you remember the one they said, no, we'll never do that? Yes. What was it? Come on, Fred. <laughs> it was a Western episode in the holodeck. Right. We'll never do we'll that. We'll never do that. Did you ever see the big whiteboard up in the junior writer's office where they kept track of all the yes. different types of pitches? Right. Yes. And they made fun of them, but yes. then there's a dollar sign for the one they bought. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, uh, you know, anyway, yeah. The irony was not lost in us when mm-hmm. they did that episode. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the 12th pitch was, we we said, all right, we want to do the ransom of Mrs. Troy, as in the O. Henry story, right. the ransom of Red Chief. Right. Aliens kidnap Mrs. Troy, and they can't wait to get rid of her. Mm-hmm. That's where we started. And Michael listened, and he said, yeah, he said, not sure. And I don't know why I had the gumption to say... Uh, you know, Michael, we all know there's going to be a Lux on a Troy story this season, and we feel we have the best one. <laughs> and he said, okay, you're right. Write, write the story, and we'll see where we go. So we got the go-ahead to write the story. And that was a story sale. That was basically that was a story, story sale. sale. Right. Yep. But you don't know if you're – first of all, you don't know if you're going to go any further, and right. you don't know if you're going to be writing the script mm-hmm. because – Almost always, they would buy a story, and then they would write. Right. The, so there was no guarantee that we were going to write. Especially the, if time was an issue. They just wanted somebody on staff to do it. They couldn't afford to baby somebody, uh, right. even an experienced writer. We right. Well, we didn't have that. I mean, at that point, I didn't have that much. Well, I'm, written, I'm saying an experienced yeah. writer, they take much less yeah. a newer writer. We, were, writer, we right. were newbies, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So we wrote the story. We turned it in at 5 o'clock on a Tuesday. And that's what we're holding here? That's what you're holding there. Uh Uh-huh. And since Susan was Jean's assistant, Mm -hmm. when she went to work the next morning at 9 a.m., there was a memo on her desk from Michael Pillar to Jean Roddenberry. We are buying 
Susan and Fred's story. And, you know, mm-hmm. we want to take it further. So we then met with Hans and Ricky mm-hmm. to wrestle the story to the ground. <laughs> we, had, we were a different whiteboard. Yeah. We were in their office with a whiteboard, and we... Well, the one that gets the, erased every week, right. Exactly. Right, or every day. And we, a day and a half, we mm-hmm. did all the beats for mm-hmm. the story to work it out until they were happy with it. And at the end of a day and a half, they called in Michael Pillar. Mm-hmm. And we went through the story with him in the room, and he said, okay, to, he said, write the script to, to Susan right. and me. And now for everybody listening and following along at home, as I hope you're doing, because we've got an entire story outline document here for Peace of Mind, P-I-E-C-E. This is what you turned in that day, and then the story break meeting yes. took this a step further. It, it It really became what you saw on the air. In fact... Remarkably, because everything gets rewritten, mm-hmm. the first half of that episode is out of our first draft. Now, things did get changed. I was going to say, I'm going to talk to you about that, but yes, yeah. go ahead. Uh, I mean, we, we knew things were going to get changed. And, you know, in the, with the Writers Guild contract, when you sell a script, they have the right to ask you for one rewrite. Mm-hmm. And then they either can ask you for more, but they have to pay you more, or they do it. So we turned it in, waiting for them to tell us what they wanted us to rewrite. And unbelievably, they said, you know what? We don't need, we don't need you to rewrite. It's fine. We like it, and there's nothing we're going to ask you to rewrite. Now, they were going to still do some things to it, and they did, which is, you know, we totally expected. Uh, but they did tell us they didn't like the title, Peace of Mind. Michael Pell, Larry showing me the actual script, Menage a Troy. Yeah. How many rewrite? Right. Yeah, there's about 10 yeah. change pages. There's about 10 change pages here. Yeah. But that's in the filming. It happened. I mean, uh, so Michael said, we don't want a title that's a play on words. So we don't. <laughs> want, I know. We also don't want a Western on the holodeck. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Susan and I went to dinner. At a different El Actually, it was Acapulco in Burbank. It's, it became an El Torito later. And we sat there, and we, we just didn't come up with it. We, we kept coming up with joke titles. My stepmother is a Ferengi. <laughs> but we didn't come up. We weren't going to submit that one. And on, we, we left the restaurant. We were driving back to her house. And somehow, into my head popped, Pa de de. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well, it's not two, it's three. Menage a Troy. Uh, Menage a Troy. <laughs> and that's how the title. Now, we realized that was still, still a, play a play on, on words. words. right? But we liked it so much, so we submitted it's it. It's a play on Star Trek words. Yes. <laughs> yes. Also, we thought it would be nice to have Troy's name in a mm-hmm. title because mm-hmm. it had never been and never was again. As I reminded uh, Marina, whenever I see her, you know, we wrote the only, yeah, yeah, yeah I know, I know. Uh, Shouldn't care. Now, <laughs> no. if you've got Sirtis in a title, then that would have been. Ac- actually, she she did like the idea that yeah, her of course yeah. she did. Yeah. So we turned that in, and the next, again, the next morning, Susan told Gene what our title was, and he really liked it. And she said, well, Gene, 
Maybe you should write a memo to Michael Peller saying that you like the title and think that should be the title of the episode. And he did. And that became the title, title of the yeah, episode. So that's awesome. Well, I, you know, just really quickly here, this is this has been wonderful. I, I, I there's a couple of things in your original um, outline here. Like, you can tell that you start off with the trade negotiations. That if you're familiar with the final show, I can see them saying, "Why are we spending all this money on this opening scene? Let's just get right to the Ferengis and and do it in ten yes. forward." I mean, you yes. can see all the things they did to trim it and cut it and make it leaner. And exactly. The thing I hate to see go away though is you gave the the capital city of Beta Z a name. I know, and it never Olander. What did that or Olander? What I have that? no idea where it came from. You know, oh. names pop into my head. I I really couldn't. It wasn't after something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I that that was in the muck talk. Some of these things were there, but in little, that did yeah. end up in right. right. So Uda berries and well, we couldn't call them Roddenberries. <laughs> Maybe we could have. I don't think that would have flown. Another memo from Gene. Maybe not have had. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. that I don't think he would have done. And that I want memo. them to be called Roddenberries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, there's another, aside from the title, the other thing that I think you've said that you claim is your big legacy for Star Trek is yes. very Ferengi. Yes. Well, so I came up with the idea, Susan and I came up with the idea that the ear was an erogenous zone. And, you know, this was meant to be a very light, comedic mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. And I just saw this scene where... She's uh, with the title Menage a Troy. <laughs> right. Exactly. You had to get to that. Yeah. I wanted her to be absent mindedly stroking his ear without even it didn't mean anything to her. Right. She was trying to distract him and and buy time. And I thought, well, what if the ear is in a erogenous zone and she's really turning him on? And then I thought, well, what do we call it? And again, I. It's not named after anything, but it popped into my head. Umox hyphen, you know, mm-hmm. U hyphen Mox. And that is my legacy that I <laughs> have, have contributed two things to Star Trek lore, Robert April. Right. And Umox. Well, that's a, that's a good day's, that's a good yeah, uh, career's a, work. A lifetime work, right? In any work. Well, so you guys had to be, yeah. Delighted. I didn't know if Uda and Umox came from the same place. But. Uh, my my fertile brain. <laughs> well, basically, you can tell they shifted. You had it almost kind of a Frankensteinian torture bit there with the, the old old style yes. B movies torture horror movie, and right. it got much lighter. It turned into a dentist chair, and right. a, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, but basically, you had to be thrilled with that. We were thrilled. First of all, I always wanted to write for Star Trek. I'm talking about the original. Right, right, right. And although I did write a script for a class at Northridge, uh, that I thought... Fred, 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 I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. Because I've just decided we're just going to have to have you back for okay. some more episodes. So I'm going to... Let's. We've never had a cliffhanger on the Trek class <laughs> before, guys. But now you have to come back and listen to more of Fred Bronson because we're just wall-to-wall here with stories. I knew this would happen. Let's get out the door here with Menage a Troy and, and uh, have you back as soon as we can. Can we do a better cliffhanger than Fire at Will? <laughs> <laughs> if anyone can come up with 
with it. I know you can. I'll do my best. We just have to go find a new Mexican restaurant to have the dinner. <laughs> yes, for. that's obviously the key to our success. <laughs> okay, Fred. That's a promise. We will have you back. Your Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. Additional production by Ken Ray. All these documents are available at our site at facebook.com slash the Trek Files. For more great podcasts, check out podcast.roddenberry.com. And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek in Portal 47. That's me at larrynimacek.com. Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.